K-Pop Pillow Talk includes graphic content that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to K-Pop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Tay. Oh no, I had something to say. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought, oh yeah, that's a good, oh, there's, that's what it is. Uh-huh. This morning I saw the trailer for Stray Kids Comeback. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having a comeback, do we know the name of the title track? Ordinary. Ordinary. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about the trailer was uh, Felix's uh, freckles were just like on full display. <gasps> and I was like, oh, they finally let him have oh his my freckles gosh, out. gosh, that's so exciting. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And yeah, I mean, I'm really, we were talking about this last night. We need a BTS comeback so bad. Like, so bad. I can feel it in my bones. It's not even funny. But... Having a Stray Kids comeback will definitely help hold me over because I feel like there have been a lot of, or there haven't been a lot of groups that I've been wanting to see have comebacks that have really just like hit it out of the park and yeah. like I've become obsessed. Yeah. The last one, I mean, Watata was like, was in terms of level of obsessed, I'd put it at like a seven for me, mm. but I need like a God's Menu 10. Yeah, you know? I need, like, I'm addicted to it. I'm listening to it every day. Mm-hmm. I'm learning the dance. Like, I need all of it. Exactly. Um, But I've been, I keep, I mention it, like, every episode. Correct. I've been very, very disconnected with K-pop, which is quite frustrating because I don't want to be here. I really don't. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of reasons why. Like, lots of life changes recently. I'm in a, like, committed relationship, which has never really happened before. So, like, things are different. But I was telling Millie, like, I feel like a BTS comeback would suck me back in. Mm-hmm. Because I think... It would ground you. Yeah. Like, it would ground me. It would be true. It would be my roots. Like, I just... I, I'm really suffering. Like, I really want to be back in the game, you know? <laughs> I, I went from knowing everything everything at all times to just not knowing anything happening. Mm-hmm. It was a miracle. I logged on to Instagram the day Dawn proposed to Hyanna, mm. like, <laughs> or the day they posted about it. Yeah. So like, I just, I need something. Yeah. Although still alive, stay alive happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Jungkook, prod, sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was awesome. If y'all like some kind of like, trancey dark rock vibes you would really like that song um totally recommend checking it out it is awesome and once again we are blown away by the golden hands of min <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other thing i was going to mention which is cool and k-pop related is that itzy has a collaboration with pokemon yeah for the new arculus uh game which i've been i want to play so bad this is obviously Gaming is not super K-pop related, but because of Itzy, yeah. I'm talking about it. <laughs> and I'm dying to play that game. I just haven't had time, so I haven't bought it. Because if I buy it, I'll become way too invested and then not spend any of my time doing other things. But I saw their commercial and I thought it was super cute. I might buy it just because it's Itzy. And it's been <laughs> probably over a decade since I've bought something Pokemon related. Well, this one's very different. Yeah? Yes. It is not the same sort of storyline. Okay. There are a lot of changes also in how you catch Pokemon and how you see them. Okay. They're sort of like in their natural habitat and you're throwing a Pokeball at them sort of thing. Okay. Um, I like seeing all... I mean, that's... This is my basic understanding of what I've seen from gameplay clips. Um, there was this one I saw where this person was throwing a Pokeball at 
um, a Gyarados that was just like hanging along and it was the sound effects they were making for it was pretty funny. So yeah, um, that happened and I'm very proud of them. That's a big collaboration. Yeah, that's awesome. Pokemon is... What a way to get me back. The last Pokemon game (laughs) I played was, and it wasn't even one that I bought. It was just handed down to me by Millie Mm -hmm. was Pokemon Ruby. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah. On my DSi. (laughs) So I I would like to play again. And I think the fact that there's like lots of new things would really help me. Yeah. I won't feel like as out of place. No, that's true. And also with the last few Pokemon releases that they had, they've made it a lot easier on the like stats side mm. of Pokemon. Like in terms yeah, I of never understood that. Yeah, in terms of battling and leveling up, those are much easier. So you have more time to focus on the actual point, which is catching them all. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> now yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> so yes, um, those are the updates. Now we can come back to what is, uh, like Jeopardy, what is <laughs> Necromance Me? Um, <laughs> let me load it up. So if you have not listened to the first three episodes, definitely do that before yeah. jumping into this uh, finale. Because <laughs> you're going to be in the thick of it and not really know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Where we left off with the last episode was Namjoon and Jungkooki were doing basically research on Necromancers. And they found out that the people who were bonded like this were never sure that if it was actual love or just the touch of magic. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Crickets sung louder with each step deeper into the forest. Unlike when he returned to the village, Jungkook's feet knew the route to his heart's home like he had walked it a million times in every lifetime he had ever lived. The sprightly excitement that once filled him during his adventures in the woods had shifted to someone... Nope had shifted to something stronger, something that pulsated through his very soul, burning him up with an intense anticipation. Jamin's features were vivid in his mind, but the thought of seeing him again in reality, touching him, feeling the electric aura of his presence crackle into Jungkook's spirit, it overwhelmed him and propelled him faster down the unmarked path his soul knew very well. Aww. Eventually, when time had surely put the sun to bed beneath the horizon, Jungkook couldn't see from under the canopy of overgrown trees, things became more familiar. The stream that bled red with the wolf's blood, a small clearing with mushrooms that he'd helped Jamin pick for his potions, the scent of rosemary and firewood would... (laughs) (laughs) Firewood would... (laughs) The way my voice sounded like audio skipping right now really scared me. Um... Okay. The scent of rosemary and firewood blending into the fresh pine. Didn't it? It sounded like an audio skip. (laughs) It was like walking through a storybook of memories made between the life he once had and the life he'd been granted again. He saw the light through the quaint window panes first. Golden shadows danced and it took all of seconds to realize that Jamin must have been doing something by firelight rather than lamps he usually lit when the day bled into night. Jungkook's heart drummed violently in his throat. He almost tripped over tree root in his haste, sweat blooming beneath the wool of his overcoat. He'd taken to wearing thicker clothing since being back home, despite the merciless summer. He'd been nothing but cold these past days. Excitement and nerves bubbled up inside him when he came face to face with the door, the slab of wood now only thing between them. Jungkook almost wanted to barge through it, just charge in and demand to be... (laughs) Just charge in and be damned with formalities, but he managed to wrangle himself there and wrap his knuckles against the door. Vaguely, a sting could be felt where the splinter scratched at his fingers. Still, Jungkook didn't let up. 
Not until the door swung open and a rather bewildered Jamin stared at him from the other side, eyes wide, lips parted, cheeks pale, and a glow with shapes cast by the firelight's shadows. Jungkook, Jungkook liked the first word on Jamin's tongue was... Jungkook liked that the first word on Jimin's tongue was his name. He showed his appreciation by crossing the divide between them in one swift motion, pressing their lips together to feel the warmth he so lacked lately. Now he was burning up, a verifiable moth to a magic's flame. In that moment, he could do nothing else. Couldn't function without tasting Jimin first, couldn't speak without anything other than touch. Brazen, all at once, his hands caught hold of Jimin's hips and his tongue delved deeper, licking up every wine even if Jungkook was fairly certain half of them were coming from himself. Mm. It was as if he'd been starved these few days. He had eaten and stayed hydrated and gone through all motions of life, but his soul had been starved of Jimin. So now, he gorged on the presence he had missed so terribly. All timidness drained from his being and replaced with heat, something that bubbled and cracked like electric current through his being. Finally, Jungkook felt alive again. Maybe for the first time ever. It was simply too addictive to stop, to breathe, to think. Jungkook, Jimin gasped, again in the shape of his name, a few stolen syllables between rabid kisses that softened slowly to something far gentler at the sound. Jungkook could hear the surprise in Jimin's voice and was brought back to the journal entry, to the words he'd been replaying in his own brain since he'd read them. He didn't claim to know that Jimin was thinking of those doubts were there at all. Fruitfully grown hesitation and painting their love as anything other than pure, Jungkook wanted to prune them away as quickly as he could. He wanted that far more than he wanted Jimin's body. Their foreheads came to rest against one another, breath shared between trembling lips. So much has happened, Jungkook finally started, eyes fluttering closed, lest he cry, focusing instead on every other sense Jimin overtook. I couldn't keep my promise, though I never thought it would come to what it did. There was a sorrowful sound from Jimin, and it sounded like an apology. Soft fingers came up to rest against Jungkook's cheek in comfort. It should have been comforting Jimin, reassuring him, but as always, Jungkook could only receive. All but one of my best friends, the people I trusted with my life. They fear me now. Hysteria broke out. I don't know who started it, but they burned down my mother's apothecary. Her life's work turned to ash. His voice shook and his eyes stung as he snapped them open to stare intently into the earthen gaze that watched him so much with guilt. But I don't regret a damn thing. The guilt doubled in Jimin's eyes. He sighed, stepped back once, then twice, disentangling himself from their embrace. Jungkook, there could be a reason for that. A side effect, if you will. One I should have mentioned much sooner. I already know about the bond. The idea that necromancy magic could form attachments between the witch and the resurrected. Jimin's jaw could have hit the floor with how aghast he looked. How? <laughs> how? <laughs> the one friend who protected me. He was studying more about necromancy and told me about it. Jungkook replied, almost sheepishly, taking a tentative step toward the speechless Jimin. I can understand why that worries you, but none of this is known for certain. It's all... It's all just ideas and rumors, and it's easy for you to dwell on them because we live in a world that doesn't see you as you are. People see in your love for life. Oh, people see evil in your love for life, and they see sin in your magic. But I don't understand any of it. That's why they fear you. I feared you before I met you, but now I see who you truly are. That's not magic, Jimin. That's the spell of everyone else's judgment being stripped from me. Finally, Jungkook had crossed the divide between them taking Jimin's hands in his own. The fire's heat spread through them, crackling within the silence of their breath. His thoughts went running away in those few seconds, reflecting on the few times he'd fantasized about his future lover growing up. It wasn't a regular thing for Jungkook. Many people craved love, but he never had before now. It had been a foreign concept and something he wouldn't rush, putting all his cards in fate to find the person that made his heart race. 
And now Jungkook knew he'd made the right call. The physical effects of the necromancy bond could be distinguished. The blizzard in his bones went far from Jimin, the empty void in his soul that would crack open. Those were there, yes, but accompanied by emotions that magic could never conjure. A furious flooding or a furious fluttering around the pits of his stomach when he fantasized about that night, his memories clouded by touches he'd never felt before, a deep yearning to be near Jamin, a longing when he caught so much as a whiff of something that reminded him of the necromancer, the sound of his heart crackling like a fragile shell on the edge of a cliff when he thought of the lonely life Jamin has led, selfless, taking each beating of judgment and lies, but still willing to help those same people, such was the depth of Jamin's compassion and the extent of Jungkook's love. Rage consumed him every time he thought of the slander Jamin had faced in his life due to the ignorance of others. That rage burned hot as steel over open flames, wild and ferocious as it had the night his mother's apothecary went up in smoke. But Jamin doused the fury with a touch. He broke Jungkook down like a house of cards. I'm enamored by you. You're precious. Jimin, he whispered, hearing those last slivers of doubt and wishing beyond anything else for Jimin to have the same clarity Jungkook felt in his own heart. I'm sure I'm not the first man you've brought back, so ask yourself this, the others, the ones you've healed before, have you felt like this about any of them? There was a long silence. For most of it, Jungkook wrung out his nerves like a drenched towel, wondering if this was all in his own head. After all, if this was not an enchantment but worse, unrequited. Finally, after staring into the depths of Jungkook's soul for far too long, Jimin spoke with more certainty than he ever had. Jungkook, I admit that you are not the first to catch my eye, but you're certainly the first to capture my heart. Wow. <laughs> Jimin's lips trembled beneath his own, throbbing with so many emotions they had yet to break open, and they melted like molten sunshine when their tongues met, slowly and tender and heart-stopping all at once. For a moment, Jungkook thought about death, not quite what one should think of when they're in the throngs of such romance, <laughs> but he thought that when his next death came, he'd like it to be like this, as old as he could manage, kissing the man who had healed him, the man he fell in love with, and in that moment, he would meet death for the second time with a smile and thank him for giving Jungkook the chance to know love. I got chills. I'm literally about to cry. <laughs> oh. By the time dawn broke, they were tangled up together in the same single bed, beautifully cramped, sticky with more than just sweat, ew, and perhaps the feeling should have disgusted them both, but when they woke, the same smitten smile on Jungkook's face was mirrored on Jimin's. Of course, Jimin was the one who found his words first. We can't stay like this forever, Jungkook. Why not? I know, me too. Why not? <laughs> he knew the answer. They changed shape occasionally felt different on their tongues than they did left unspoken to fester in their hearts, but he still knew the reasons. Responsibilities awaited them both, things that pulled them each in the opposite direction, and despite being half a day's journey apart, the distance felt like years when Jungkook ling lingered on it. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. His expression must have soured. Jimin's lips were soon smiling sadly against his own. Your mother needs you, especially now. She lost you once. Now she's lost her home. It takes time to heal those wounds. The sigh that left Jungkook sounded pubescent, even to his own ears. It sounded like <laughs> attitude and sulkiness and everything he wanted to never appear to be in front of his lover. He wanted to be stronger than that, a pillar for them both. He wanted to bring Jimin the world on a silver platter so that he might feast upon all that he deserved. And what about you? Don't you need me, Jimin? 
Jungkook's hand wandered, trailing down the curve of Jimin's spine as his body snaked across his own torso, rippled from those days of working tirelessly with Yoongi and leaned out from days spending running through the forest. His fingers finally came to rest against the swell of Jimin's ass. A playful fire was lit in Jimin's eyes. I'm speaking of your mother, and this is what you think of? How <laughs> filthy, Jungkook. <laughs> they fell into another round of mischievous giggles that soon became breathless moans, and just like that, their morning was stolen. Their afternoon, however, gave birth to an idea that terrified the pair as much as it inspired them. I changed my mind. This is a terrible idea. Jimin, what was I thinking? What were you thinking? Jungkook hadn't wanted to be right about the inkling that Jimin might second-guess everything at this point, where the last line of trees provided the final source of cover between the forest and the town that spread so much madness these past months, the only hiding place between a life of seclusion for Jimin and persecution. We were thinking about you. It's not the fear that wasn't crippling Jungkook's nervous system. It's simply that he knew that he could take anything those villagers threw at him, but he would absolutely not let them hurt Jimin. He possessed no magic, he had no weapons, but he would throw himself in front of his lover without hesitation. He would shield Jimin if need be, but he could not do anything less than this to prove to them that Jimin deserved the right to be heard and seen, and the right to live among them if he chose to, not banished to the wilderness from no reason at all. We were thinking about your freedom, your right to feel the sun against your skin and not shy away at the thought that someone might see you, and you might have to run to some other town for the same thing to happen all over again. They had talked of dreams in bed, the most far-reaching the most far-reaching impossible things that their souls dared fantasize about. Jungkook had recited adventures that felt more childlike than anything else, a desire to discover mysteries and treasure and someday live in a huge house far from their village, somewhere his mother and his lover and even Namjoon could live in harmony, <laughs> drinking wine and throwing caution to the wind for the rest of their lives. Jimin had listened with stars in his eyes and mirth on his lips, then sheepishly told his own wish with the same dreamy tone, not for a big home or wealth or to walk hand in hand with the gods, but to live among ordinary people without them casting him away. Hence, the reason they were here, following an out-of-reach fantasy for Jimin that Jungkook thought was more than possible. Still, he would be lying if he said he wasn't scared. Those memories haunted him, flaming torches and faces twisted in hate, hands pushing at him, his old friends running from him in terror, walking past the remnants of their home, now charred blackened ashes between neighbors Jungkook once cared for. His fingers found Jimin's. If you want to go home without doing this, I understand. I'll follow you. But, he glanced toward the silhouette of the town, aglow with the afternoon sunlight, looking so deceptively beautiful. Things won't change if we don't stand for what's right and face those who do wrong. Maybe we won't change their minds, but maybe we'll change one mind, and maybe that will be enough for now. They stood there, on the edge of no return for some time. Jimin's fingers got sweaty in his own, but neither dared to let go of the other, and soon it was Jimin who took the first step out of the shadows that he'd been hiding in for his entire life. One step after the other, they walked together. Jimin looked ethereal in full sunlight, no longer eclipsed by the shadows of pine that caused sunlight to scatter under the forest canopy. He looked golden, glinting in his brilliance, the very personification of the sun itself. If anyone saw evil in him, Jungkook thought, they must be wicked themselves. The first gasp shattered his daydreams. Jungkook hadn't even realized that they had entered the village until now. He had been too enamored with Jimin's beauty to notice the world around him. 
Screams fell like dominoes, each louder than the last. The words all clashed together to create a language of hatred that Jungkook couldn't understand beyond that of a few words that jumped out at him, the odd phrase within the chaos. That Jun boy, trouble, doomsday, run. One in particular scorched his ears. I thought the living dead could sink no lower. Now he walks like lovers with a monster. Stoic and unaffected as marble, Jimin walked on, seemingly unperturbed by their venomous words, but Jungkook knew better, and unlike Jimin, he could no longer hold back his reactions. Jungkook came to an abrupt halt before the woman who had hissed such a vile lie. Her features were soft and recognizable, but Jungkook was too full of anger to really place her. Jungkook, come with me, Jimin urged, tugging softly at his hand to no avail. Jungkook wouldn't budge, not yet, not without saying what needed to be said. "'You're the monster,' he said, almost sickened by the mockery he was met with, a scoff, and in that moment he knew who this was, Yoongi's mother, the same woman who once fed him cookies and chastised him sweetly. "'You know nothing of what you speak, and you—' "'You know nothing about what you speak, but sit there, judging, as if you're a god, as if you're anything more than the weakest, lowliest being of the earth that has ever walked upon it. Poison darts might have flown from her eyes, such was the intensity of her indignation. "'How dare you insult me!' I thought I was like a second son to you. The rest of her shrieks dried up in her throat. For a fleeting, impossible moment, Jungkook saw the sadness in the same poisonous gaze. She glanced around, catching looks from neighbors who were just as outraged, sending another, sending one another silent signals to stay strong against their mutual enemy. They seemed to grant her energy. When her eyes met Jungkook's again, they were cold as ice. You are dead to me. As you are to every sane person in this town, the moment you fraternized with that, she spat in Jamin's direction, is the moment your soul perished. Satan is the one who blows breath into your lungs. No, but perhaps he is the one to make such thoughts cross your mind. And with that, he turned back to Jamin. Jamin, who was a quicker, smarter in every way, stronger, and he saw the blow coming before Jungkook could feel it. There was a shock from the people who started to gather round, a great collective gasp. When Jungkook turned back to face them all, a ripple went shimmering through the space between them, like glass that had weaved through the oxygen itself, nearly undetectable, and Jamin's fingers relaxed slightly in his own. At their feet lay the broken remnants of a dagger. "'What is this sorcery? The necromancer protects its mutt!' "'It's a shield.' Jimin said rather calmly, as if the shield that protected them from their hurtful comments as well. They began to stroll forward with Jungkook at his side, and gl the glimmering defense now surrounded them, moving with them. Only the things that fate decides is deserved can pass through it. For the second time, he owed Jimin his life. Mm. He would tell his lover this later in the night. Jimin would laugh and deny it, saying that is the nature of the shield meant that Jungkook sent his own saying that the nature of the shield meant that Jungkook saved his own life, for if it had not, for if he had done something to deserve the dagger, it would have pierced his flesh regardless of the enchantment. Others tried to throw things at them, from rotted fruit to crucifixes to wooden clubs, and all failed to penetrate the shield as they walked. If not for the shouting crowds converging on either side of them, it might have taken a, it might have been a romantic stroll. That was the energy between them. Taking the first step out of the forest was the hardest part. Now that they were here, among the very thing they feared the most, it wasn't so scary after all. Jungkook walked along with no sense of direction other than Jimin, who was his compass, and seemed to know exactly where he needed to be despite never being in this village before. Shadows twisted into art against the cobblestones. Frowning, Jungkook glanced up to see the naked branches from their town tree. Dead bark and nothing more for as long as anyone could remember. Jimin was mesmerized by it. 
Only at this point did Jimin let go of Jungkook's fingers so he could extend both his hands to the thickest part of the trunk. Jimin? A hand came to rest on Jungkook's shoulder. He started whipping his hair... He started whipping his head around in fear that the shield had faltered, but he saw Namjoon, smiling softly down at him. It made sense that his soul was good enough to penetrate the shield. Namjoon was pure in a way that most of this town could never hope to be. Period. <laughs> Welcome home, Jungkook. Namjoon! Jungkook glanced around a little frantically, realizing his mother might be shocked into unconsciousness. My mother, is she okay? Of course. She's right beside your... Well, your Jimin. <laughs> Awe eclipsed Namjoon's features all at once. His eyes glazed over as they raised up to stare at something behind Jungkook, who quickly whipped back around in search of Jimin and his mother, who stood side by side, facing the tree that no longer looked like the tree from Jungkook's childhood. Before his very eyes, leaves began to flourish from branches and buds of white petals blossomed between the green sprouts, from a dead tree to one that flourished. A warm sensation spread through Jungkook, as if the magic had reached out and poured fresh sap throughout his bloodstream, and he wasn't the only one. Some onlookers fainted, others ran, scampering from the crowd quick as lightning. Most stayed, watching with stars in their eyes, and their jaws slackened. Jimin, who turned to face the crowd again, the swarm of people who wondered whether their eyes deceived them or not. What you see before you is the magic I possess, that of life. Sometimes it does not work, but when fate sees fit to grant life, it's a beautiful thing, a miracle. It is the gift of healing. If most of you still see this as a wicked thing, I will leave you be. But if you find it in your hearts to reconsider, I would be grateful. A second of silence. A pause of reflection. Jungkook's mother threw herself to the ground on her knees at Jimin's feet, her hands in prayer as tears trailed down her Her hands in prayer as tears trailed down her cheeks. Mother! Necromancer, you saved my son when he was unfairly dealt an untimely death, and for that I am eternally grateful. Her sobs sent shivers through the crowd. Jungkook saw some expressions break open in horror and grief, and the realization of what they had done. When the people I have cared for turned their backs on me, I still felt hope, and that is only thanks to you. You gave me back my son. Jimin squatted down to her level, taking both her hands in his own to comfort her, and Jungkook watched on with tears swimming in his own eyes. A gasp of horror sounded, along with the clang of metal against wood. Namjoon looked completely aghast as he regarded Jimin, who had a stack high... Oh, <laughs> there was a, like, a pause here, so I'm gonna take this as a time skip. Okay. A gasp of horror sounded, along with the clang of metal against wood. Namjoon looked completely aghast as he regarded Jimin, who had a stack high as his head of pancakes upon his plate. <laughs> You've never had maple blueberry pancakes? Blasphemy! <laughs> a ripple of laughter went echoing around the Kim family breakfast table. Not for the first time that week, Jungkook thought this was a daydream he'd be waking from at any moment. He never did. Jimin's humble, humble fantasy and his own extravagant ones had melted into a reality they basked in. Things weren't always easy. This past week had presented as many challenges as it had successes, with those opposing Jimin's place in society, avoiding them at every turn and hissing curses under their breaths whenever in earshot. But these moments, the moments of giddiness and serenity, were far more rewarding than anything they could have imagined. Well, I can certainly see why, Jum Jimin mumbled through his first mouthful, now eyeing the rest of his plate with a lustful look. <laughs> Jungkook might have been jealous if not for his own breakfast causing him to drool. These are to die for. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
The next round of laughter was so hearty that the sound of knocks against the front door almost got completely drowned out with the mirth. Thankfully, Namjoon's mother had hearing like a fox. She excused herself politely, but returned with a nervous expression and a guilt-riddled figure in tow. Yoongi? Jungkook stood, as if compelled by a force he couldn't resist. Got a lot of nerve coming in. <laughs> Stiff and anxious and unsure of what he could possibly expect from an encounter like this. The last time they'd seen each other was down that alleyway. The last time Jungkook had seen his mother, she damn near stabbed him. The fact that Yoongi looked as awkward as Jungkook felt made it all the more annoying. They were in their happy little bubble, they worked damn hard for it, and now Yoongi had to burst it? I know I'm probably the last person you want to see right now, he started, hesitating at the final word, as if hoping Jungkook would contradict him. He didn't. <laughs> Look, Yoongi sighed. All that animosity and fear from before was now replaced with a softness rather seen in the woodworker who'd always been a strong friend, the curtain-cold comedian who could always be counted on to break the ice. This was new. This was different. There was hurt in his eyes. I know I said and did some unforgivable things, and I'm terrible at this. I still don't even... Damn it, I still don't even understand, really, but but I want to. The atmosphere shifted from joyous warmth to glass shards in their throats to whatever it was now, a mixture of both, with something painful and sorrowful throwing, throbbing beneath it all. Jungkook wanted to stay mad at Yoongi. He wanted to dish out his pain and force it down Yoongi's throat like poisoned apples every time he thought of him, thought of that night, of the terror that had ensued when he thought it was secret safe would... When he thought... Oh, what he thought would be a secret safe with his oldest friend. But he could see the pain in Yoongi's face. He could see that every second without trying to make things right was spent tearing himself to shreds. And now he had crossed the divided halfway, extending a hand to Jungkook, who wanted to take it but couldn't quite bring himself to do so. This isn't my place. Jimin's voice sounded like sunshine beside Jungkook. When he hadn't even gotten up, wound his arm around Jungkook, Oh, when had he even gotten up? Wound his arm around Jungkook's. Why don't you join us for breakfast? You both have a lot to talk about privately, but starting with full stomachs can only be a good thing. They both looked at Jungkook for approval, and he realized quite suddenly that he didn't mind the idea. It felt nostalgic, reminiscent of the days that they would fight over pancakes as kids, and Jungkook didn't regret agreeing to the idea. There was something incredibly sweet about the scene he witnessed next. Sweet warmth on their tongues, childhood stories, and forest memories retold over steaming coffee. Family. Slowly, the chasm between Yoongi and himself would heal. Slower still, Jimin would find his place in town that they would both call home, with the flourishing tree as a constant reminder of what a necromancer's heart was truly capable of. And that's the end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yoongi came back for redemption. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the others? <laughs> yeah, we didn't really get to hear about how everyone else felt about it. Yeah. Um, we're just under the assumption that they probably yeah. didn't feel great about it. Yeah, but which I respect the author for condensing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like it would have been really hard to try to develop everyone else yeah. along with it. Um, but... Oh my gosh, what a great story. <laughs> we laughed, we cried. I literally we got was chills. crying so much during mm-hmm. this one. I could, oh my, I could start crying again. <laughs> I'm not going to though, but ah. So for the fourth time, thank you, Inked Cookie. That was phenomenal. And I do plan on coming back to your work because yeah. after that, I can't imagine not coming back yeah, to your work. Yeah, for real. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed this four-episode special. Yeah. 
Um, this is the kind of stuff that I would like to do. Yeah. You know, it just takes time to find authors who are willing. Yeah. We are willing. We are ready. Bring it on. Bring it. But that concludes this episode, y'all. If you'd like to catch us in between episodes, you can do so at Talk, all one word, all lowercase, on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you like us and want to let us know, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever other listening service that allows you to do so. And with that, thanks for listening to K-Pop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Tay. Bye, <laughs> <laughs>